0: Amazing how God uses all of our stories and builds them into His story. And so, this whole month, we've been looking at these three key areas: feeding the hungry. How big is that challenge of feeding the hungry this morning? As you look at the world, we're told even the United States we have we have such a challenge with children that go to sleep, go to bed without proper nutrition. The world is in need of those that would be on mission to be the hands and feet of Christ to share. Uh, in this area of hunger. And it's not only physical hunger, but it's spiritual hunger. There is a starvation in our world today that people don't know that they're valued. They don't know they're loved by their creator. They don't know that he has set them free from the bondage of sin. And so we are on mission to share the good news, both in word and deed. Kids, you think of the kids that you interact with, the kids around us, um, the need to speak in truth and, and hope into the lives of children. What an awesome opportunity we have here at Gaten is we have um, our agape and space and quests that meet here. So many ways for us to invest, so many stories to hear of God moving in the lives of kids' ministry. And then in our workplaces, you, as you go into your place of work and, and you become the missionary and you become the one that points people to Christ and people look at you and say, is this real, is this true, is this authentic? And we call all of each other, all of us as one To be on mission in the places God has planted us. And so through this month, uh, we've looked at all these different areas. We did not want you to miss any of the areas um, that we're focusing in on. And so uh, we are looking at international missions. Where is God sending us internationally? And we have recently been sent, uh, a group of us has been sent to Panama. And Stephanie Anderson is going to come and share quickly um, about how God worked in her life. Stephanie. Stephanie.
1: my family to visit. This September, I decided to get more involved in the church besides coming some Sundays or every Sunday. So I joined the choir. Later, I was asked about going to Panama. I said no due to funding, timing, and the complexity of leaving my family home without me. I was told to pray, and pray I did. All my excuses for not going were cleared because the Lord provided and I chose to listen. As we have listened to Pastor Mike, we know we all have gifts. Gifts that we tap in at an early age in life or later in life like myself. And God wants us to share our gifts, blessing others and serving in his name. I would like to give you just a couple reasons why you should consider going on this mission trip next year. You get to serve God and you get to serve people, people who need to know that others care, that others want to help and want to make an experience greater than it could be. This mission trip will allow you to grow as a Christian. You'll see other like-minded Christians sharing the word of God, emulating and being the light for others and making connections, planting seeds that will grow one day into great trees. I believe that most everybody in this room should try to think about, no, I think you should pray about going on this mission trip. If you think you're too old, if you think you're too young, if you think you don't have the funding or you think you're just not ready, I ask that you pray. Because if God wants you to be there, he will make it happen. This trip I walked away with, I learned to listen to God more. I made friendships within the church and across the world. Lots and lots of laughter, wonderful memories and experiences to look back on for many years. But mostly, I walked away with joy and the knowledge that I made a difference, a difference in children and adults that crossed my path, but also a difference in my own life. I was blessed beyond measure. The pure joy of Jesus was seen in the hearts of children, teenagers, and adults. It made me want more. My love of people and service has grown. I pray that God will use me in ways I have yet to imagine. I want to be the light. I believe you and you and you can make a difference in someone's life. And I pray that you will join me next year in Panama.
0: I would echo those, those statements that um, when you go on mission, uh, you're never really the same when you return. God does amazing things in your heart and your life, and so I would encourage you to consider the calling God might have on you. And so as we move forward as a church and we take steps of obedience, we say, God, what is our next step as a church? uh, We have sensed a calling uh, that has been a calling, I I believe, for a while at Gaten to send teenagers on an international missions trip. It just hasn't been able to work out prior years. But this year we're very excited. We're sending a trip, a group to Guatemala in April. Um, They will be on mission Uh, connecting with some of the the, uh, groups that we do Feed My Starving Children with, and so we're very excited about what God is doing there. What an amazing thing to be able to send um, our young people on a mission trip like this, and we are excited to hear what God does, and we're looking forward to how he continues uh, to lead us in this area of missions as a church. As you know, uh, many of you came and, and participated in Feed My Starving Children. We were able to, to pack more than 2 million uh, packs. I didn't know if that was going to happen. That was something we, we were asking uh, God to, to work through our church. And, and through your hard work and the commitment of those who came, we were able to get to that level. Feed My Starving Children has been such an amazing place for us to be on mission with our community. And we are so grateful for those who help organize and help maintain that ministry of our church. Also, this year we give to the IMB Lottie Moon offering, as you've seen upstairs and through our uh, communications. They raised over $157 million. The Lottie Moon offering supports 3,700 full-time missionaries. And so we are, we are grateful that God is using that ministry around the world. Domestically, we have two middle, uh, two youth trips going on. Our middle school mission trip is to Danville, Virginia. We, it's called Passport. And uh, for those who participated, they know the impact that can make in a young person's life, uh, and we're excited for that. We also have a high school mission trip to Roanoke. And so I would ask you, please, please pray for Giles and our youth leaders and our youth as they go on these trips, that God would, would work out in their hearts and their lives a calling um, to be on mission. We also have coming up this summer, the Gaten Family Missions Trip. It's July 25th through 29th to the Bruce Outreach Center in uh, Western Port, Maryland. Uh, Pastor Stefan is one of the most amazing leaders I've been around. He has such a heart for people. And to hear the stories of what God is doing in his life and the lives of those there at the church and in the community is a powerful, powerful thing. You saw him earlier. You may not have re- recognized it. He was the guy that was upside down in the video. Are we good? All right, so we're going to hear from Pastor and, uh We're preaching the gospel here to our neighbors and our friends, trying to build uh, relationships with unchurched, unsaved, and dechurched folks, uh, folks that may never really set foot into a, a regular church. And so God has blessed that. We continue to be focused on that. And it would be absolutely impossible for my wife, Leslie, and I to be able to do this ministry if it were not for partners like you folks at Gaten. So we just want to thank you from the bottom of All right. So this is a mission that we go on. We call it the Family Missions Trip because it's for everyone. So everyone is invited, uh, no matter how old, how young. uh, We would love to invite you to join us as we're on mission as a family uh, there in Western Port. We also have coming up locally Spirit of Baseball. Uh, Larry Belcher leads that. It's an opportunity for us to invest in the community. A lot of these I have stories about because I've participated in. And I can tell you my two children have been involved in this. And to see them interact and minister and get to know kids uh, from different parts of, of Richmond has been such an encouragement to me. And, and my kids and I always come back and say, how can we do more of that? How can we get to know more people here in our own community? How can we build relationships that are intentionally uh, trying to share the love of Jesus with people around us? home again ministries uh, recently we have uh, within the past year made a, a relationship in 2018 home again served 768 individuals across 540 households including men women children and veterans this is an amazing ministry. This is the largest ministry of this kind in Richmond. And us being able to partner with them because there's so many more opportunities to serve the people around us, the people that are in our community. Uh, and so we would encourage you, if you are interested, to find out more about that, that you would follow up and let us know that you're interested. If you drive around the facility, you're going to see a, a, a truck. Here on the other side, and it has a big toolbox ministry on it, this year we are uh, re-engaging the toolbox ministry. The purpose of this ministry is to take uh, men and women that love to do uh, projects, love to do uh, areas of interest that need help, people that need help. And to go and to have a place where we can use tools that we have to show the love of Christ to those people in our community. And so we are re-engaging that, and we are excited about the opportunities that God is bringing. Gideon's International, if you've ever been to a hotel and seen a Gideon's Bible, uh, there's an organization called the Gideon's. On average, more than two copies of the Bible are distributed per second through Gideon's International around the world. And so we have some representatives at our church, and they have supplied Bibles. Uh, When my mother passed away, they they gave a Bible in honor of my mom. Uh, Many people have received these honors and these memorial Bibles that are such an encouragement to people as they go through these times in their life. But just this past year, they were able to do a, a Bible blitz in Richmond and hand out thousands of Bibles to people so that they would have the reference of God's word. Also, we have something called missions grant requests. If you look in that, uh, the back of the booklet, if you're listening to this and there's things stirring in, you, you say, hey, I would love to check that out. I would love to be involved with that, but I don't have the finances to do that. This is where our missions grants are supporting everyone. We do not want anything to keep you from the calling God has on your life. And so part of the funds we receive, part of the funds um, that we collect go to those to support whoever God calls to do missions, to be on mission. And so we don't want that to be a hindrance for you um, as you consider what God's saying to you. So now, before we go to God's word, I want to pause. I want us all to take a deep breath. And I want us to ask ourselves a big question. What did God put us on earth to do? Does he have a mission for you this morning? Is he calling you to something this morning? For just a moment, if you'd close your eyes and just have that conversation with God. God, are you calling me Are you sending me? Are you talking to me and wanting me to go to someone? Maybe it's to a family member. Maybe it's to a workplace. Maybe it's to school and to be on mission for you. What did you put me here on this planet to do with this life that you've given me? God, as we go to your words, we pray that they would not return void, but that you would speak clearly to all of our hearts, that we would know the truth, and that, Lord, we would understand it in the way that we can live it out. And so, Lord, now as we look at the book of Matthew, we pray that the words would speak to us, all of us, wherever we are in our journeys, that we would understand it and be able to apply it. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I just briefly wanna look at the book of Matthew, the very end, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. This is how Matthew ends his gospel. Remember, Matthew's a tax collector. Jesus calls Matthew to be his follower. And so there's this unique perspective that Matthew has on everything. And here, he finalizes this book. He is writing it, we call it the gospel because it's the the recollection or the records of Jesus's life and ministry. And Matthew is concluding it at the point that Jesus has died. He's rose from the grave. Uh, he has shown himself to his disciples. And now he is giving them final instructions. He's saying, this is why I put you on the earth. I am going to give you a very specific job to do. I'm going to give you a very specific task. And for those of you who grew up in the church, you've probably heard of this, this idea before. That Matthew 28, 18-20, we summarize and we call it the Great Commission. The great commission that we are being commissioned, meaning we are being given a task, we are being given a responsibility, and we are to follow it out. And that's the purpose of the church. When we say gather large to connect small, we're trying to live this out. When we talk about being a disciple who makes disciples of all generations, we're trying to live what Jesus tells his disciples before he leaves to go and return to his father. We uh, want to live this out. We want to we be obedient to the teaching that he has for us. And so this is Matthew 28. Starting in verse 18, uh, if you have a smart device and can follow along or it will be on the screen behind me, it reads this way. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. All authority. That is a powerful statement. That is a very large statement. It's not some authority, not a little bit of authority. Uh, all authority. All authority. And as I read that, as I read that, it is so overwhelmingly helpful to me because I begin to think about my own life. I begin to think about the stresses of things I don't control. I begin to think about the things that I foresee that can be challenges in the future. I begin to consider all of the tension and anxiety of life, and I try to own all of that. Have you ever felt that way? That you're trying to own stuff that hasn't even happened yet. You're trying to own stuff because it's out of your control. And Jesus is basically saying to his disciples, All authority has been given to me, both in heaven and on earth. You don't have to stress. I have full authority over it. I am the author. If you are my child, I have the authority in all things. Whatever you're going through today, whatever struggle, challenge, whatever difficulty you have in your life, if you trust that Jesus has all authority, you have nothing to worry about. For he has the authority and the responsibility in your life. He goes on to say, All this authority leads me to this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. He has all authority, and in his authority, he is giving us a task. His task is, this is for every human on the earth. Every human on the earth. In the Christian world, we use a word called heresy. Heresy is a teaching that is false, that is placed on the Bible, and it says this is what it says when it really doesn't say this. If you ever hear someone say that Jesus only wants a certain type of person to be part of his church, he only wants a certain type of person to be his follower, that is heresy. That is not true. Jesus desires every person you know, every person you've ever met, every person you will ever meet to be in a personal relationship, in a child family relationship, in a saved relationship with himself. And so we look at this and he says, not just the people that look like you, not just the people that talk like you, not just the people you're comfortable with, but all people, all nations. He is about everybody He says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is so interesting as I look at this sentence that he says the name. Baptize them in the name. And then he says three different entities. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Shouldn't it read the names? And this is where God is revealing the mystery of what we call the Trinity. This idea that that the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three distinct, but they are also one. And their unity, meaning how much of the Trinity is involved in baptism. How much of the Trinity is engaged with us, supporting us, lifting us up, helping us to be guided. All of it. All authority. All nations. All of the Trinity. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Everything is valuable what Jesus teaches. When you go to the red letters in the Bible, some Bibles have red letters. That's where Jesus talks. If you read those, all of it has value. All of it has support. None of it can be thrown away. None of it is inaccurate. It is all worthwhile for us to study. It's all worthwhile for us to embrace that we are to, to teach everyone all that he has said to us. All that he has taught. So we teach all Jesus is teaching. And surely I am with you how long? How long? How long? Always. Always. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us always. When I read this, this is what I see. I see a God that's all in. I see a God that's not partially for me. He's not partially saving me. He's not partially caring about this world. He's not giving a little bit of himself. He's giving all he's got. He's giving all of himself. And it's for everyone. And he is teaching us all things that we may follow him always. And so in any relationship between two people, every relationship, the question then becomes, if they're all in, what am I? If he's all in, what am I? Am I all in? Are we all in? He says he's an all-in savior. He's an all-in God. He's all into this relationship. Am I all in? Do I say you can come this far but no farther? That's an area I want to control. That's an area that I want to have as my own. Or is it all his? My mind, my heart, my thoughts. My trust. The beauty of being on mission is that I'm saying... I'm all in. And here's the amazing, unbelievable part about this. Because he has all authority, because it's his mission, because he's the one teaching it, because he is the one empowering it, it's not up to me. I don't have to have the power. I don't have to have the knowledge. I don't have to have the strength. He will give it to me as he deems fit for me to have. And he'll give it to you the same. He doesn't call you to be a scholar right now. He doesn't call you to know all the answers. He just calls you to be faithful. And following him. That's why we can be on mission wherever. You can be on mission with your family. You can be on mission at your school. You can be on mission at your workplace. Because he is the one who does the work. He calls us to be faithful. He calls us to say yes. He calls us to say yes, I'm all in. And so, what is our answer? What is your answer right now? When you thought about why God put you on this earth, what did he say? My encouragement, my prayer is that we don't try to own it all, um, but we recognize the grace that we have so that we can follow Him. He's all in. Are you and are we? In a moment, we're going to go to what we call communion. It's the common union in Christ, it's this thing that brings us together. And we do this because Jesus told us to remember this thing. This is the point of reference. This is the place that we build upon. That when he died and rose from the grave, he allowed us to be on mission for him. He called us to be on mission for him. I know this because in John 20, 21, it says, uh, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, he was sent on a mission. He accomplished his mission. I am sending you. I am sending you. He said that to his disciples who had disciples who had disciples who at one point at one place in history shared with someone so this church could exist so you could hear that message that's the power of christ's mission that is not limited to any time that when he rose from the grave something started that will never be stopped something started that gives hope gives value, it gives purpose to our lives, and we reflect on that. And so as we go to the communion table, as we go to the place where we reflect on Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, he says, we're told in scripture to take it seriously. Don't do it out of routine, don't do it out of ritual. And so for a moment, all I would like for us to do is to take a deep inner look, ask the biggest questions... God, am I in communion with you? God, how can I be better in communion with you? God, help me. Help me to understand these things. So for a moment, if you would close your eyes,